to the Batmobile. Let's go. Atomic batteries to power. Turbines to speed. Roger. Ready to move out. Holy smokes, Batman. It's Gaggle of Geeks on 2SER. It's Hunks time. I'm Sophie Live So Hot right now on it to SEA, and I'm joined by the delightful Tali Alitia. Hey, Sophie. It's so weird. I'm so used to hearing the Sophie and Blake thing in your intro that I was waiting for it. And then the, the geese, the gooses. The, My God. It's, the, yeah. geese. <laughs> the geese. <laughs> goose geese. The goose geese. <laughs> they startled me. And I've gone, what has happened? And I was like, oh, yeah, because Blake's not here. He's not. He's. Mm. Wife is literally pushing out a baby right now. Oh, look, better her than me. That's all I can <laughs> say there. We wish her the best. Blake, we love you. Sammy, all the best. Hope you catch your baby boy. <laughs> yes. Are we any closer to finding out what the baby boy's name is? No. So I'm sure next week he'll start dropping hints. Oh. Unless he reveals it earlier. I don't know. It's, it's Look, even the reveal of the name is going to be a mystery of how it is done. So it's just all surprise. Enigma oh. wrapped in a puzzle, wrapped in a surprise. I know. Wrapped in a when Batman he's like, reference. When you hear it, you get it. And I was just like, it has to be Batman or Michael yeah. Mann related. It has to be. They're your two favorite things in the world. It's Bruce. It's Wayne. Well, he said he didn't like Bruce or Wayne last week. Well, of course he'd say that. But see, I like Alfred because Alfie's, ador- yes. Alfie's so adorable. Yeah, we name. vote that. Alfred. Like if you're listening. Alfred. <laughs> Young Alfred who has just entered the world. <laughs> Alfred Howard. Oh. Mm. Alfie Howard? Yeah, that's better. Mm. Alfred <laughs> Howard sounds like a weird bad rhyme. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one's a bit more questionable. Hmm. Yes. We'll keep, yeah. We'll keep working on this. We'll keep yes. working on this. <laughs> As two people have who have absolutely no say about the name of the child, we will keep working on what his name <laughs> shall be. Totally. But this is your weekly geekly where we chat about all things in geek culture, pop culture, and everything in between. Tali is our pop culture queen. Well, thank you. That was some good rhyming there. Was it? Yeah. I can't Because you did in between queen. Like, it was very natural. I, 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 saw, I heard it and I appreciated it. Excellent. Um, and I'll probably take over the gig. So. <laughs> it's a well, well-rounded podcast. Yeah, we've got it all going on. And speaking of geeky things, you went along to see Ant-Man and the Wasp this week. I did. Here's the trailer. So, how long have you been Ant-Man again? Not long. It just sort of happened. I wish I could fight bad guys like you. I seem to mess it up almost every time. Maybe you just need someone watching your back. Hi. Like a partner. Dr. Pin, I actually heard what happened to you. You opened up the quantum realm. That's when this crazy could be ghost who like walks through walls and stuff. Stole your tech. Now she wants to take over the world or whatever. Who would have believed that in your hour of need, you would turn to us? Not me. Because I mean, we robbed you. Do you remember? That's us. The only chance we've got is both of you. Ant Man and the Wasp teaming up. Follow my lead. 
she seems more intense. You go low, I'll go high. I have wings. Why would I go low? What I miss? We were just tiny. I was partners with Hank on a project called Goliath. How big did you get? By record, 21 feet. You? 65 feet. 65. If you two are finished comparing sizes, 65. Oh, fun times. You really can't go wrong with Paul Rod, can you? You really can't. He is ageless. Mm. Whatever he is putting on his face, because <laughs> he is drinking from the fountain of eternal youth. Tell us your secrets. Tell please. us, Paul, tell us. Tell us everything. But the premise of this one, um, it is, again, directed by Peyton Reed, who took over after um, Edgar Wright walked off the first movie. Due to creative differences, sad. But um, I love when they say creative differences. You just know that stuff went down. Oh, can you imagine what like went angry, in that exact room? Angry stuff. Ooh. Also, probably wasn't just like bubbling and yeah. bubbling, and yeah. then it just escalated. <laughs> it just went crazy, and then it's just creative differences. Of course, we just tone it down. You know, chairs did not fly people. across a room. But do you remember when um? Uh, Edward Norton was working on the Hulk. Um, and then Marvel were like, screw creative differences. We're going to go all out on him on how awful he was. <laughs> <And then laughs> oh, look, it is a balance of a relationship to make a movie work. And yeah. it proves <laughs> time and time again how important that balance of a relationship yeah. is. So basically where we last see Ant-Man, he's on house arrest after the events of Civil War. Um, if you watched Infinity War, it was mentioned he was benched um, due to his family. Slash house arrest. <laughs> There's two small things. Two small things. Two small things. Because he does have a kid. So they benched all the people who had children in... Children are such liabilities. <laughs> Blake, if you're listening, it's not too late. Oh, yeah. He's already, <laughs> too got, late. One. He's already so, got one. He's got over, one. It's over. It's going to be hilarious with two under 20 months with him. <laughs> so, yeah, basically um, he is on house arrest. Um, he's got three days left until he's a free man again. But, of course, that's when hell breaks loose because the people he, he robbed from, <laughs> the Pim Van Dynes, um, they are back. Uh, Hope, played by Evangeline Lilly, as well as Hank, which is played by... Um, Oh my god! I just had a mental blank then um, by Michael Douglas. <laughs> I was like Michael Oldman. <laughs> I think the funny thing is, if had you said Michael Oldman, everyone have got would have gone yes, Douglas. <laughs> yes, Douglas. He does play the old man very well. The he smart does. old man, smart grumpy wise, old man, old man wise. Um, Few quips. Oh, egotistical to the yeah. max. Yeah, yeah, old, <laughs> old man. Yeah. So um, they build a quantum tunnel in order to reach Hope's missing mother, Janet, who was played by Michelle Pfeiffer. Amazing. Pfeiffer. The Pfeiffer. 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 The Pfeiffer is back. Pfeiffer's back. Pfeiffer's back. 
which then sparks internal memory when Scott was in the, the quantum realm, which means he needs to get out of house arrest to help them out. What would superhero movies be without science? Like, could you imagine? Questionable like, science. <laughs> questionable science. But I mean, like Spider-Man, if no one was ever playing around with radioactive spiders, that doesn't happen. You'd just be stuck with Superman and Batman. Yeah, you have to kind of be born into it. Born or, into it or trained into it. Yeah, because I mean Iron Man, that's a lot of technology and science. Yeah. That's nothing. He's so a it's, science man. Maybe it's, just, maybe it's just Superman. Yeah. No pressure. God, that'd be boring. Save the world. Okay. So, <laughs> so Sorry, I just find him one of the most boring characters. It's just like, I'm Superman. I have power. I do good things. Yes. I put on glasses, then no one recognizes I know, that me. is his major superpower. Like, how can you not, it's like, I'm wearing glasses. Yeah. And it's like, how can you not recognize me with or without them? It's a different place. It's a different place. Um, so back to Ant-Man and yep. the Wasp. Yeah. Are you a big Ant-Man fan? Um, like comics wise, he was a bit of a weird problematic character, <laughs> a bit of a wife beater. Oh, okay. He's a bit weird. Um, but they've gone to the second iteration, Scott Lang. Um, and I did enjoy the first movie. I mean, mm. there was a lot of issues with production because they had Edgar Wright and they didn't have Edgar Wright. <laughs> oh, okay. Yep. Um, so yeah, I, I enjoyed it, but I found actually this sequel a lot more fun. Oh, fun. Yeah. Like, like, is it? comedy funny or is it just yeah it was it just was funny and they were just kind of everyone just seemed to be having a really good time mm. and you were going along for the ride in the cinema I was was like everyone was actually laughing mm. well the first one it was more like <laughs> yeah. yeah so this one was more like oh this is a moment kind this of is, thing this is good and it was it was little moments it was like the moments with him and his daughter just being playing like you know make believe little things like that and like the first thing he like the first thing you see is he's made like a cardboard fort of what it'd be like to be an ant and he and his daughter are on um they're just like you know tunneling through like trying to get treasure mm. And then in the end, he's made a slide out of cardboard down the stairs as <laughs> the finale because he doesn't know what else to like entertain a 10-year-old while he's on house arrest. <laughs> so he builds a, literally a cardboard maze pretending to be the Avengers of Ant-Man and his daughter. Oh, and they're just re- That actually sounds really adorable. It is really great moments like that in the mm. film. The sizing in this... Like from mm. moving from huge to small is a lot of fun. Um, they're like there's this moment where his size regulator keeps stuffing up, and he's pretty much made into he's about thigh size for most people, um, <laughs> except he's amazing. a full grown man. He's <laughs> up to your waist pretty much, oh, and running amazing. around a school, and it just it's like there are some great moments. Um, Michael Pena returns, still probably the funniest part <laughs> of this film, um, and he, he plays his friend and ex-con colleague um Luis unfortunately his little retrospects there was only one in this which is a shame because he had like three in the first movie and they were fantastic especially when he went off in his tangents but it does make some of the better parts in this film um and we are also introducing Lawrence Fishburne who's introduced as another scientist Don't rat him off yet. No, but he was more of a human character, which is what I really liked about him. He had like no allegiance to good or bad. He was just kind of the human heart in this film. Because that's a common thing in superhero Mm. movies. They don't have a lot of human friends or a lot of human interactions that much, I feel. They're like, they'll save the people. Yeah, but then they don't actually converse with the people or talk to the people. They've got this like deep loyalty to the people. Yeah. They just, oh, okay, you're there. Cool. 
Thank you. That's nice. You're you're, you're alive. All right. I'll Bye. <laughs> I'll blow up this car. I'll do this. It's fine. Yes. So he's another quantum physicist who used to work with Hank Pym. And unfortunately, Hank's ego and hubris gets in the way and fires him. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's apparently what he did a lot back in the day when he actually had Pym Industries behind him. He just fired everyone who was also smart and because it just didn't collaborate doesn't collaborate way to grow your business to get rid of everyone who could potentially help to build it i know it's just like i like your idea i'm going to steal half of it but fire you because the other part was stupid (laughs) it's an interesting business model i know obviously doing well ego man yeah hubris and ego it is a bitch but he plays his former colleague who helps them out because um he's actually in a way helping the so-called villain in this film so it's not who's the villain so the villain, um, it's played by Hannah John Carmen, who is currently in Killjoys on Netflix. Oh. Um, so she plays a ghost. Now, when she was younger, her father, who was also an ex-colleague of Hank's, I sense a theme here. I'm sensing a pattern. Yeah. They, it all might be connected. What? I know. I, I'm putting my tinfoil conspiracy hat on, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure. So he got fired. To Hank fired her father, Elias Starr. So... Elias went off, built his own lab. Oh, yeah. Okay. Sciencey things went wrong. <laughs> As they do. As they do in these films. And his daughter, unfortunately, was caught up with it, which left her with this phasing ability because her molecules are quintessentially being pulled apart and being brought back together, which, of course, puts her in a lot of pain. Oh, okay. Because mm. I was imagining, do you remember the show Alex Mack? Where oh she God. like moleculized? Yes. I was picturing that, but hers yes. wasn't as painful. No. But what would you do if you could be like, you know, transform into liquid? See, this is the thing. Like, I used to watch Alex Mack and be like, would it be that bad if I went by a power plant and some nuclear waste <laughs> went on me and then I could turn into a puddle of water whenever I wanted and then I was invisible and I could do all those things. Would that be so bad? No. Exactly. No. Could you imagine if you had a bad day? It's like <laughs> a scapping. How about that would that be? Like a bad date? You'd be like, oh no. Where did she go? She Where was she go? right here. Yeah. And left me with the damn bill. Maybe she was never there. (laughs) And this is why I cannot have superpowers. I am obviously not responsible enough. So we have like a questionable villain who's literally just wants to use their tech to help herself. Oh, okay. So that sounds like what I wanted to do (laughs) just Mm. before. So I'm really relating to her. But they did have a really fun secondary villain, which is played by Walton Goggins. If you don't know him, he's like a, I think he's from Alabama or and he's just like, he always plays like those southern, really bad villain cowboy type characters. He was in The Hateful Eight and he was. Um, Everyone needs a southern cowboy villain. Oh my God. Villain. Right. So he plays Sonny Birch, who is a black market tech dealer. And he's just in classic southern bad person mode. Oh, <laughs> On the black market. I've got really angry people after me who you never see. <laughs> well, it sounds like a fun movie. Oh, it really was. Um, the action was good, but they had some choppy editing. Mm. It just took some bits out that you're like, okay, that didn't seamlessly it didn't transition. It as much as it No, 
But other than that, the humour was great. The story was really solid. And I actually mm. really enjoyed it. I enjoyed it more than the first movie. Ooh. Uh, Is that controversial? I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> Not con- controversial. Consensus. I don't think so. Yeah. You're, you're I just, hope so. You're just throwing it out there. I'm just saying. I thought it was... Like, I enjoyed it. I was laughing more in this one. And yeah. I was giddy in this one. Oh, that sounds fun. Yeah. We'll find out next week how controversial that statement was. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. At You'll her. probably see it as well by then, Tommy. Yeah, exactly. And I'll come in and I'll be like, you were wrong for these reasons. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, I would definitely go see it if you're a bit of a Marvel geek and you need a break from all the intensity that was Infinity War because that was intense mm-hmm. and that made a lot of people cry. And need a breather. Ant Man yep. is that, and yeah, and it's it, it's pretty much happening the same time as ha- Infinity War in terms of timelines. So oh, yeah, nice. so it's it, it stays separate, which is really nice. It's a standalone story, which worked for Black Panther mm. as well as a standalone yep. story. And Black Panther, I say I did see Black Panther, <laughs> and I did like that one. So on that <laughs> recommendation alone, I go and check it out. Excellent. So from our weekly review of. Geeky film, we are now going to our shit list. You are officially on my shit list! So angry. So angry. And it's Black Widow! <laughs> so sad, darling. I know. Scarlett Johansson. 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 She probably says Johansson. Scarlett, no. Hansen. <laughs> no. No, 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 no. So you'll remember like a few years ago, Scar- um, Scarlett, was it a few years ago? Was it last year? I don't know. All the years are blending into each other. Mm. Anyway, she got into, she would have made your shit list when this came out as well. She did. Because, <laughs> exactly. Um, she was cast as the Asian star in Ghost in the Shell, the adaptation of the Japanese manga comic book. And now you would say... But Scarlett Johansson is not Asian, and you would be very correct. And you would also say there are a lot of Asian actresses who could have played that role. And again, you would have been very correct. And that is why she made the shit list, because Scarlett was totally tone tone deaf to not realise that that was not appropriate for what she was going, like the the role that she was going to be playing and what was going to be happening. And like Emma Stone got in the same kind of trouble when she played the Hawaiian. In Aloha. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And... In the same time, you had on the set of Hellboy, Ed Skrine, like walking off because he found out the character was actually Asian. He's like, well, I can't yeah. be in this. this. Is, is this I, right? I pass as white. No. <laughs> no, this is not right. So Scarlett knows <laughs> that she is not Asian. Scarlett should know that she is a white cis woman. Mm-hmm. Apparently Scarlett does not know that. What? Because she has been slated to play a real-life trans man, Dante Tex Gill, in the movie Rub and Tug. That's right. So Scarlett is mm-hmm. going to play a trans man and, again, has made this totally tone-deaf decision. And, again, a lot of trans actors are saying, Scarlett, what are you doing? Again, <laughs> this is not right. And they're also saying there are a lot of trans actors who could have played this role but you've chosen not to. You've chosen to go with Scarlet again. Same director as Ghost in the Shell 2, uh. which, again, is all sorts of problematic because they both one of them learn. should have learned a lesson. <laughs> one of them should have done a recap at the end and go, what did we do well? What did we do wrong? What could, we've done? What could well, have we I done feel better? Like, I feel like, okay, we really want to work together again. At least you could have gone... 
Let's go for a story that includes white cis women yeah. that you could play yeah. and I could direct. And just like <laughs> pick a different script. The best worst part of the shit list worthiness that is Scarlett Johansson is obviously a lot of people came out and went, this is not right. Mm. So Scarlett had to say something. This is what she said to the people who had criticised her for this decision. Tell them that they can be directed to Jeffrey Tambor, Jared Leto and Felicity Huffman's reps for comment. Essentially what she's saying is she's not the first one to play a trans guy, like a tr- portray a trans person. And so instead of taking responsibility, she's just gone, look at all these other people who have done it as well. And won awards. Yeah. I think she just wants a free award. I do not know what's going on in her brain. Scarlet. Come on. No, no. That's so wrong. Yeah. I was like... Not to mention like Jeffrey Tambor. Like after the whole... You know, the bringing back Arrested Development and yeah. that round table. Yeah. It's w- just... Where he made Lucille cry. Like, like oh. don't reference those people where you are trying to. Yeah. Look, Scarlett, once, twice, I think three times, and this is like your new, new next warning. Like, don't do it again. Like, next time someone gives you a script, look at the script, go, is this a white cis woman? If it is, I'll proceed. <laughs> like, go past go, collect your $200, off you go. If not, no. No. Scarlett, no. You're, you're, you're being warned right now. And this is the thing, like, with films like Annihilation, which mm-hmm. Natalie Portman starred in, people are like, oh, but that was an Asian character. And she was like, yeah, Alex didn't actually let us read the proper book because he just really wanted us to feel his scripts. Like, but definitely Asians should have been in this. Yes. Film. Like, yeah. That's how you play the media to your side. <laughs> they know what they're doing. Yeah. While, like, Scarlett, you're going to choose Ghost in the Shell, one of the greatest mangas <laughs> in the world. Mm. She knew. She knew. Even if it just says it's an adaptation of a Japanese manga, at what point does she go, wait? <laughs> You've said, like, two words. It should ring alarm bells to go, oh, maybe the lead character is Asian. Maybe maybe? maybe I'm not. Just maybe. Maybe. Maybe just go on to (laughs) Ancestry.com. Very tenuous link. And then she'll be like, yes, I am 5% Asian. I can do this film. (laughs) Until then, Scarlet, no. Maybe just run your scripts past me first. Like, just go, yeah, yes, no. Oh, dear, dear, oh, dear. Mm -hmm. So, but... Still in the shit list, though. Bit of an update on <laughs> the Crybaby fanboys that want to remake The Last Jedi. They're still at it. They're still pledging money, Tali. And there's a poster. Oh, my God. A poster. A poster always works good on a podcast. Yeah. So, Sophie, your job is now to describe the poster. Yeah. And you'll also tweet it as well. Oh, so, of course. Yeah. People need to see this. So, Fernando Reza, he, um, <laughs> he's made a teaser poster for this so-called remake, and it's amazing. So basically, in the centre, you have Luke Skywalker with abs up to his neck. Count those abs. Count those abs. Uh, I'm pretty sure there's like eight. Eight. Eight abs. Eight abs. Eight abs that we can see. We can see. He probably has like a ninth one or a tenth one like under the belt. bicep as well. Bicep. Yeah. Like, really ripped. This is literally about Mm. like, you know, jacked up 20-year-old that goes to the gym every day. He With is, the head of a 60-year-old. Yeah. Paleo diet <laughs> for days. He's going to CrossFit, 
front and center, power oh. stance. Doing doing him wonders, doing mm. him wonders. At the bottom, you have Princess Leia in her slave outfit next to BB-8. Yep. And then you have Ray. Yeah, um, appears to be at in the kitchen, yep. in the oven. Pulling out a roast. Exactly. Very true to character. <laughs> You've got Finn um, in the background. I don't even know what he's doing. He's doing a projection, so yeah. I'm guessing they've turned him into a cyborg. Okay. Again. I think that sure. they've really lost the point of what the movie was. And then I'm pretty... Well, this yeah. is definitely spooky because I'm pretty sure that's Mbaku at the back from Black Panther. <laughs> <laughs> Who, surprisingly, in this poster is actually bigger in representation than Princess Leia and Rey. Oh, we're down the bottom. dear. So, there we go. So, Fernando Reza, he's done an amazing spoof poster of these idiots, so do check it out. And it is gorgeous. Um, but at the moment, apparently, these idiots, they've now pledged $377 million to remake. Million. Where million. are they going to find this money from? Are they going to, like, re, like remortgage their houses. Because I was about to say, every part of this just feeds into the stereotype of the Star Wars fan who doesn't have a life, who doesn't have a job, whose fun thing to do is just get angry at stuff for it's, no reason. It's like the geekdom, we didn't stay in the basement. Yeah, <laughs> like We got out. Are, we got out into the light and now we're a fully immersed part of pop culture. There is a little part of me that wants to see what a remake, the remake of The Last Jedi is. And then, and the rest of me just wants to see them in court for the rest of their lives going, copyright, legal fees, this, 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 this. So a part of the pledge will probably be not only to make the movie, but to also cover all the legal fees that will be in remaking the movie. I just had a vision of like them just getting some gooking juice, just to, like hold sticks and be like, zoom, zoom, and then at the background, pew, 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 like making their own sound effects because they don't know what the hell they're doing. In some kind of alternative universe that exists, it's being made right now. <laughs> and I just want you to think about that. And for seriously, like, if you don't like a movie, you don't like a movie. Exactly. You don't have to remake it. If you want to remake something, make the, like, the prequel from yeah. Star Wars. He went great. They had Jar Jar. <laughs> if you could remake any movie, Sophie, which mm. one would it be? Ooh. Putting you on the spot there. You are. That's hard. Mm. Because there are, like, terrible movies that you just grow to love, like The Room. Yeah. But they're so bad that they become good. Yes. What I would pay is someone to remake bad endings of movies. Like that oh. would be good. Because some movies are really, really great. And then the ending just lets you down. On so why so isn't that levels. a thing? Pledge someone to do that. To just go in and go, actually, here's the ending you deserved. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to start that. That is politically correct. <laughs> More appropriate for this day and age. So things are no longer questionable. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I mean, there are so many movies now that just didn't age well. As we go oh. forward. So if we took that pledge, we can yes. make them age better. Oh, look at us go. So progressive. Okay. <laughs> I think we have a business deal to write. <laughs> and some Hollywood execs to talk to. Oh, excellent. Yes. Now, I want to ask you a random question. Um, Tali, yes. how do you feel about spoilers? Oh, it's a good question. Mm. See, I got in trouble. This is... <laughs> 
a fun story. But the Olympic track team, the US <laughs> Olympic track team. What were you doing? Exactly. Well, say this is the thing. Um, it was Game of Thrones. Yeah. And it was the the season just gone. And do you know when the oh my god, I've already forgotten his name. The Ice King, the White, the White, the, the White, War, the White King, the yeah. White King. Yeah. yeah. I was like, he's in the ice, and he's a king, and it's ice. <laughs> I just like, what is his name? Anyway, it's the scene. For people who haven't seen it right now, you should have seen it. Alert. So I do not care if I'm ruining this for you because you should have seen it. Anyway, he gets his like javelin stick thing. Yep. And he kills the dragon. Oh, God, that was such a moment. <laughs> yes, it was. It was totally traumatic. And then in doing so, because he kills the dragon, then he now gets to claim the dragon. Anyway, I wrote a tweet that I can't remember exactly what it said, but it said something along the lines of, he'd be really good in a javelin team for the Olympics. Someone should check it out. <laughs> and I did it 24 hours after the episode. Okay, aired. that is sufficient time, not to mention we get it. Yes. So late. Exactly. So my theory is, is that for the diehard fans mm. who love that show, they were going home, especially in Australia, that night to watch it. And so 24 hours after that, you've had time. You totally have time. You've had time. Also, if you're on Twitter, You've nothing. had time. <laughs> Twitter only stays silent for about four yeah. hours and then they're like, all right, that's enough time. Yeah. yeah. So my thing with spoilers is you've got 24 hours because if you are a diehard fan who potentially could have it ruined, mm -hmm. then you would have already watched it in yeah. fear of not that happening to you. So I've sent this tweet to be like, javelin throw, someone should hire him. And the US Olympic track team was like, Dude, spoilers. And I was like, it's nearly <laughs> been out for two days where you are. Like, everyone knows. Everyone's talking about it. My whole Twitter feed was just, dragon, can't believe he killed the dragon, can't believe he killed the dragon, he killed the dragon with a spear, spear, dragon, spear, dragon, 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 spear. Like, Holy shit, dragon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I generally do check the temperature before I throw it out there, and mm. I'm never going to, like live tweet it or disseminate it in a place where I know there are a lot of people who haven't watched it or done something like that. But I just feel 24 hours, spoiler, then it's, it's, you can do it. And the onus was on you to watch it. But the people who come back who were like, you ruined it for me because I was going to wait till the end of the season to watch it all as once. And you spoiled it for me. I was like, no, that's well, your choice. A, that's your choice. But B, wouldn't they have been spoiled every week? Because oh, everyone was you. having those reactions every week as each episode got well, released. This is the funny thing, because that argument every week, they heard it. You're spoiling it. You're spoiling it. I was like, get off the internet. Why are you on the internet? <laughs> this is The internet is not the place you want to be if you no. are worried by spoilers. Yeah. So my general thing with spoilers is 24 hours. Good. You've got... 24 hours, my clock is on, my time ticker is on, and then it's a free-for-all. So in the comics world, basically we've had two big weddings in the comic book world. Yes. So Batman and Catwoman. Yes. So they got engaged a year ago. Mm. Oh. And it was, the I think this week, the wedding issue was with, supposed to with, come out. Yeah. Well, it did come out. New York Times... No. Spoiled the ending about three, four days before. <laughs> Surely there's an embargo. You think. You think. But they were like, 
you think they wait to the Monday after it gets released yes. to put it out. But no, they spoiled the ending like on the Friday. Oh, what was the reaction? Fans were not happy. No. Not happy at all. And I'm not going to spoil it because I know comic books. Mm. <laughs> we probably need a bigger 24-hour <laughs> thing because it takes time to get to the comic book store. <laughs> but they spoiled the ending and they were people were pissed. And then DC were like, weren't that fast, funnily yeah. enough, because they were like, Oh, um, well, because in the day and age we live in where piracy is rampant, we figured it had already been leaked the week before, so. <laughs> no. It's so unfair. It's so unfair to the, like, what annoys me about that mm. is so when I, when I spoil something or people say that I spoiled it, at least it's already out there. Yeah. And the people who made it and with the aim of it being consumed in the way that they wanted it to be yeah. consumed, that, that was still given to them. But this... Is not because it's not the mass gets to appreciate it in one go, no. and then people get to like really sink it in. This is what this is what happened. Oh my god, that twist! Oh my god, what happened there? Yeah, that's not that. Not to mention that, they've been like waiting for this wedding since the proposal like a year ago. It totally preempts it. it totally does. So, and this is New York Times. Yeah, <laughs> big they, publication. They should know better. Guess what? They did it two months prior. Okay, I think that there's someone at New York Times <laughs> who just maybe need to talk to someone because that's some anger directed right. at somewhere. So um, in one of the X-Men uh, series, um, it was pretty much the – it was the wedding of Colossus and Kitty Pride, okay, mm. um, Shadowcat. Um, so if you've seen the latest Deadpool movie, big metal guy. Um Shadowcat, the one that can walk through walls. <laughs> now we're up to speed. Metal guy, walk through walls. Bam. Back in the game. <laughs> Back in the game. So they have had an on-off relationship in the comics book world for mm. ages, ages. But, you know, finally, proposal, yeah. wedding, you know, building up for a year. Another one. <laughs> the suspense. Suspense. Like, if you can Spoiled barely make... a few days prior, again, by the New York Times. And this happened only two months ago. And the fact they've done it again. <laughs> Why do they keep ruining weddings? In comic books. Do you think people... Just because it's in a different format? <laughs> It is rude. Yeah. It seems to be a theme that's going on, though. They're just like, wedding could be spoiled. Oh, my God. It's like, let's ruin the wedding of (laughs) Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. Markle. (laughs) Spoiler. (laughs) They got married. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's less fun when you know it's kind of inevitable. I know. Unless the spoiler was like, Meghan's dad does not attend. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, New York Times. That's not cool. I know. But... That's not cool. No, it's just sad. So then what happens to like the comic book episode after that? Or like as your, I imagine the spoilers right A lot of comic books, like they either come out weekly, fortnightly or monthly. Mm. And I'm pretty sure this one was a fortnightly, monthly one. Yeah. So people wait. Yeah. This is like, oh my God, that issue. Amazing. Now have to wait a month for the next one. Yeah. (laughs) And now it's And they were like, oh my God, Monday's the day. Monday's the day we find out. Oh, and no. the worst thing is it's the New York Times, so they should know better. Yeah. And it's also a huge publication, so there's a very good chance. Like, if it's some, like, kind of pithy mm. online site that maybe people don't know about, there's a chance that no one will see it and it won't get picked up. You, but goddamn Times. <laughs> the New York Times has reach, and there's a lot of shareability in a lot of their articles, and all it would have taken was one person to see it to be, like, spoiled, shared, shared, shared. And, then and the, it contains the, the words builds. Batman and Catwoman. Yeah. People don't care whether that's... 
a movie or the comic version, exactly. they'd see a, those two words and they're like, oh, what's this? this is, yeah. You could have a Google alert for those two words. I know. And then just, there's your answer. Rude. Oh, New York rude. Times. Nice. No. So rude. So rude. So. <sighs> it's like that, isn't it? I know. You're just so disappointed with them. Especially when there's such like a cultural phenomenon in like the publication world. Exactly. And. Because you've got fans who were waiting, mm. like, and as that anticipation builds, that's a part of the process too, is like you get a build up and then you get to find the answer, but you get to do it. You go on that journey. Yeah. Someone doesn't tell you that journey. Speaking of build ups. Build ups. Are you, are you I'm giving in- me the eyes? And I think you're. I think you're saying that I can talk about RuPaul now. Yes. And if they were not RuPaul eyes, they are now going to be RuPaul eyes. They definitely drag race eyes. Yay! We've never talked about RuPaul's drag race on Gaggle of Geeks, but we are now. And this is what happens when Blake has a baby. When Blake leaves and he leaves Charlie and I in charge, RuPaul is happening. So what happened? Recap, because I realised that it's not even a recap, it's an introduction. (laughs) So RuPaul's Drag Race is a fantastic reality TV show featuring RuPaul. And it is a kind of like a talent program, but it involves drag queens. And so So I think he based it off the very early iterations of Next Top Model. Yes. Which is why he's so Tyra-esque in all of them. <laughs> it is very next top model and it's very also Project Runway in yes. a lot of the projects that they have. It's like, let's make a dress, let's make the fierceness happen. Mm-hmm. So before you dismiss it, just remember there have been 10 seasons. It is insanely popular. Emmys, they were nominated for quite a few last year mm. and like doing very, very well. It's got this huge community that love it. And it's not just the um, LGBTQI community. It's a lot of people love it because it is great entertainment. I used to watch it with my dad. <laughs> and my dad would be like, this is so great. They can look at them dance around. It's so amazing because they can dance, let me tell you. Oh, but yeah, my boyfriend's like, I've got no interest in this. But when it's on, he can't tear his eyes off it. (laughs) Such denial. (laughs) So they have these contestants and then um, they go through challenges and then every week one gets knocked off. Um, It's survive a bitch. (laughs) Exactly. And naturally the way that they choose who the person who is like the bottom two who stays and who goes is with a lip sync battle Mm -hmm. because that is how I believe all like. Well, that's where lip sync battle the show came from. Exactly. Yeah. And they stole off. The queer community. (laughs) You actually watch RuPaul's Drag Race and a lot of the queer references, like throwing shade, yes, Mm -hmm. like reading someone, it is all in there that everyone else has just kind of stolen to be like, oh, that's popular and fun. Yes, we'll have that. Thank you. And then the people are like, no, I learned it from Queer Eye. And you're like, oh, child. Child. Child, no. This is firstly Paris is Burning. Exactly. (laughs) This is the documentary. It has its roots in New York and now it's just been reiterated, but Mm -hmm. we digress. Anyway, (laughs) last Friday, it was the finale for season 10. And the top four were Cameron Michaels. Yep. Asia O'Halloran. Asia O'Hara, yep. Yes, yes. Aquaria and Eureka. Yep. And the top four, like... This season for me, I have been very ooh about it. Like, there's been no standout queen that I have loved no. as much as I have loved previous seasons. Where mm-hmm. right from the start, so last year's take for instance in season nine, oh. 
Sasha Velour. I loved her from the moment she walked out. She was a very, and this is the great thing, and this is what I personally think is the best thing about RuPaul's Drag Race. So it's men who then dress up as drag queens. Yep. But they show that transition at the makeup station where they are putting on full things of makeup in ways and with artistry that I can only dream of, like, I poke mascaras in like sticks in my eye. It's every hilarious. Day. I keep buying makeup in the hopes that I'll gain <laughs> skills day. by just yeah. buying it. And then he just sits there and I'm like, I don't know how to use yeah. half of this stuff. Well, and so this is what's so funny is as they're doing that, it very much dissects the construction of gender and identity mm. because you're watching this transition happen. But then the next best thing about seeing that is the topics that they talk about while they're doing it. So it's not just a menial like, oh, I hope I would do really well on the runway tonight. It's like, let's address homosexuality in Russia and the treatment <laughs> that happens there. Or like last year with the Pulse Night club shootings mm. like this is what it was this and is one of them was the there exactly. like one of the queens like i was performing or i was supposed to perform yeah. that night but i fell sick so yeah. I, my friend went instead and they died yeah and so it's, it's these kind of conversations that they're having which is really opening into the world and what's going on so it's really great in terms of the social commentary that this program provides anyway the finale last week the four of them were there so i didn't I didn't have a clear favourite, but I just didn't want Cameron Michaels to win because... I just didn't want Cameron or Eureka to win. Oh, see, Cameron was just very, uh, the whole season, like yeah. there was just very nothing. And as a drag queen, I don't think you ever want to be a nothing person, but she was a lip sync slayer. Oh like, my she God. She survived so many on her performances, Yeah, which I was a little bit sad at. So anyway, <laughs> in the finale, in It was the, funny though, because you're watching and then you're like, because uh, this... Cameron just had no personality on the show, which doesn't work very well in reality TV. No. No. But it was hilarious because they like pan to a mum and start chatting to a mum and her mum had so much more personality. It's like, can we have your mum instead yeah, on this show? Cameron, Cameron, what happened? Where, where, where did that go? Where, where did it go? So in the finale, they had a lip sync challenge to decide, to hype, like in theory, it was to decide who the top two were who were then going to lip sync for the crown. Cameron Michaels, they spun a wheel. Cameron Michaels' name got picked out and she actually got to choose who she got to compete against, which I think was unfair because last season that she didn't she didn't get to do that. No. And she chose Asia. Yep. Now, last year with Sasha Velour, she did some great reveals during the lip sync because that's what builds the hype is if you can, like she did this amazing thing where she pulled up her wig and these rose petals oh, fell down. Amazing. And it's still one of my favourite gifts that I apply to everything when it's, it's amazing. It's just but so iconic. That had so many good reveals. Like you had Peppermint and her skirt reveals. Oh, oh. Yeah. Sometimes they reveal too early, like they throw you it off. You can always tell. Yeah. Like, yeah. It was funny because um, in this season, Aquarius did an early one. We were like, no, no too early, no, no. too early. You have to build it. You have to build it. Unfortunately, though, Asia decided mm. that she was going to do a reveal during her song. And I don't think she thought too much about the rest of it because I, her plan was. So she had these like cups that were on her boobs. Yeah. But then she removed the cup. So you knew that something was in there, but you didn't know what it was. And she also had them on her wrists as well. So yep. you're like, oh, something's in there. What's in there? What's yeah. it going to be? And she revealed it. In theory, they were butterflies that would have flown up and amazed everyone. Live butterflies. What actually happened? 
is she opened it. Nothing was really happening. She had to blow the butterflies out and they were the ones that were still alive. Apparently, Asia killed some butterflies that day and... Yeah, it didn't the go The vegans well. were not happy. And it was like, you know, they were supposed to fly out, but the, the net that they were nesting in just looked saggy since they had died. And yeah, just they nestled. got caught in. Yeah, and it was, it was really sad because at the end, <laughs> the camera just like zoomed in into like two butterflies that were still alive and they were like barely fluttering their wings. And, and on the floor as well. Oh. And, and remember, like this finale was shot in front of an audience yep. in a theatre. So there was a really good chance that no one saw the butterflies on the ground because even the cameraman had to really get in there and zoom to be yeah, like, butterflies are tiny things. the point was, I know. Yeah. So she would have done better with a confetti cannon out of her boobs, to be oh, honest. Like, yes, that's feedback <laughs> next <laughs> next season. If anyone's planning it, yeah. really think it through. Anyway, so Asia didn't make it through. Cameron no. did. There was a top three. The winner. I'm pretty sure I can spoil this because I'm pretty sure no one's going to go back and watch the full 10 seasons <laughs> to get a full encapsulation of it. Yeah. And it has been more than 24 hours. So the winner was, drumroll, da 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 Aquaria. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. She had some great runway looks this season. So oh, I was gorgeous. not at that at all. Um, so if you want to look her up, it's Age of Aquaria on socials. Mm. But like she had this amazing mermaid outfit. Oh, I she was loved slicked in oil. Yes. And this is oh. the joy that is RuPaul's Drag Race. So one of the challenges was mermaid. And they all came out in wheelchairs because they had mermaid legs on and therefore yep. couldn't move, <laughs> which kind of was funny because they had to be like pushed around. But Aquarius look was amazing because it was just like mermaid caught in oil slicks that was like black. Her hair oh. blonded and wet. Like it was yeah, down. And it, it was, was just. <laughs> it was such a look. Environmental like activism yeah. while being. <laughs> in the fiercest. <laughs> Couture oh. way. It was just. But then I loved Asia's one. <laughs> the fish face. So Asia, she butterfly. went well after. Well, before the butterfly mm. debacle, she was pretty much like creature from the Black Lagoon in this challenge, and it was amazing. <laughs> and this is why I love Drag Race. Is like the interpretation of the theme mm. is can either be like. Throughout the whole season, it's you will have one queen who is completely covered up head to toe and the other one who goes, I'm going to go naked, essentially. Like, I'm going to have some pasties. And other than that, like, this is well, all Well, had some really amazing outfits, like, when she was just pretty much like a lightning bolt. Yeah. And it was, like, just naked with the lightning bolt on her. And you were like, how did she pull that off? Only she could do that. Mm. But, yeah, it was. It, it is a really, really good show. It's good escapism. It's amazing. Yeah. It's it makes you happy. It makes you smile. It does. And some of the things you'll that get mad say at something. So funny. Like the reunion episode. Oh, I was mad. Oh my goodness. <laughs> if you want some fights and some biffs, like <laughs> this is this is where to go. Untucked. Oh, <laughs> oh the drama. Oh. oh, the drama. They contain it all there. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you for letting me do that, Sophie. I really appreciate it. Well, that. there's no more drag race, so we can't talk about it for a little while anyway. So, you know. <laughs> get it out of your system. We have to get it out of our system. <laughs> it's been really funny. My friend has been, she's been marathoning RuPaul because she only discovered it like a couple of months ago. And, and her she's like changed. steamrolled through <gasps> 10 seasons. Oh, wow. Plus All Stars within like these two months. And it's just like, and she finally just 
she finished um the finale about two days ago of season ten, and she then just did a quick. She just did um All Stars three, and she's like, I'm still fuming, and I'm like, well. We were fuming last year for that. <laughs> and all her reactions are so funny because she's like, I'm fuming about this. Oh, my God, this, this moment. And we were like, that's so old now. <laughs> oh, I do feel that, though. I'm mm. still in All-Stars. Shangela was robbed. <gasps> that's why she was so mad. She <laughs> went to bed last night and she was, like, texting me at, like, 1 a.m. going, I'm so mad I can't sleep because Shangela was robbed. <laughs> in, a, in an embarrassing confession that, like, maybe the police will come up and be like, you were the girl who did that. I was in an Audi and a guy had a justice for Shangela t-shirt. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and Amazing. I was following him to get a photo of that because I was like, yes, justice for Shangela. She was robbed. And she had all the big dick energy in the <laughs> Oh my god, she had big dick energy for days. I love that big dick energy still a thing. Still a thing. It well, it's also big dyke energy for all the ladies who slay. Yes. See, I think that that's going to be around for a while. I hope it is. I hope it is. It's a great term. I think it's so applicable to so many things too. That's what I love it. Mm. What I love about it, like you can literally say anything. It's like, oh, that loaf of bread, big Big dick dick energy. energy. (laughs) (laughs) Like banana bread, big dick energy. It knows it's cool. It knows where it's at. (laughs) But what didn't have big dick energy, Tali? Oh, the Logies. (laughs) The Logies. I think the general thing about the Logies is that they shouldn't exist <laughs> and it's over. Like, I understand that Australia needs its night of nights, but the problem is, is when you compare it to things like the Oscars or the Emmys or just like any award show that has, I don't know, some production value, then it's just a joke. And I think that this year it was proved how much of a joke the Logies were. It was really funny because, like, I work in TV and I was just asking, oh, how was it this year? And everyone's like, yes, it's really relaxed and just loose. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's just like, I think they just stopped caring. I think that they really have. Slash they've realized they're on the Gold Coast as well. (laughs) Well, that's the thing is when you move it around Mm. and you're literally, I think that they were fishing for a state to take it. Mm. And the Gold Coast went, hey, I guess we've already done Big Brother. How low can we go? (laughs) We will have the Logies too. Um is that they went there and the gold Logie went to Grant Denya. Which was after a very hard campaign by yeah. Tom Cleason from an opposing <laughs> network for the ABC. The funny thing is, is Grant Denya's TV show was cancelled. It was, which is why Tom Cleason wanted it to win. And Tom Cleason was so transparent in going, the Logies are a joke, this is a joke. He rocked up. Grant Denya because why not? He rocked up in his hard quiz mug on the red carpet and literally like had them like motorized it down the red carpet. Which is <laughs> That's amazing. That's how much of a joke it is. But it's, it's like we do need our nights of nights, but I feel like if we're gonna have some kind of a war thing, we don't have the logo of TV Week on it. Yes. Because it just makes it look 10 times more tacky. Yes. And I think that that's the problem. Like, I just don't think Australia does award shows very well. No, the Arias. They used oh, to be okay, but they've just gone yeah. downhill. It's like they try to be something that they're not. Mm. And then all the actors in the room, they're all just like, it's a great night to get drunk. Yep. And like, maybe hook up with some up and coming actors. All the like, obvious up and coming actors from Home and Away, they're like, oh, oh my God, I've, I've, I've I've so made hard. it. I've made it. Dream. <laughs> the Logies. And then they get there and it's like, no. Yeah. And but, 
they're not getting the audience or the viewers as much anymore. I feel that no, and they used to, and their voting system is like vote for your favorites, and it's no. just like. The public cannot be trusted to vote for things, which is why Grant Daniel got the gold logie. I'm not saying that he didn't deserve it, but he largely didn't deserve it because the public cannot be trusted. No. The public come up with things like voting McBoatface. That's what the public think are funny when they get to public vote. (laughs) That's what politicians think are funny when everyone's like, we've moved on, mate. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like, what is going on? But yeah, and it's like literally, here are all the people you can vote for. And it's yeah. all the young teens just going, I like that pretty boy from Home and Away. Oh, yes. It is never like, you know, it's not, yeah. by, it's not for merit. It's not for merit. And half the time, most people haven't seen all those shows. And if you're going to vote on something, you should be have seen everything. Yeah, absolutely. And even like the stars who get nominated, I think that they know that they have to do some kind of vote for me because we care, mm. while also completely and utterly not caring. Luke McGregor and Celia Bacola, yeah, they're <laughs> filming Rosehaven. Yeah, so they're down in Tasmania and like Luke McGregor in their little thing is like, Celia, come over. Come out, Celia. We need to do. We need to get people to vote for us for the Logies. And it's like, uh. and the fact that like, they tweeted an adorable photo of yeah. them on the couch in their jammies. Like, <laughs> we're in Tasmania. We can't make it. And I'm like, it looks like you're having a much better time. And that's the thing is, I think a lot of actors and like Australian actors just go, "Is it actually worth my time to go there?" And no. it also, it's. And it's they. I feel like they don't really appreciate all genres. No, that's happening on Australian screen. No, it's just like, what's popular. What's popular? They never take any genre. No, if they do, it's so rare. Yeah, all because the the networks have lobbied. Yeah, <laughs> the transition has happened. That maybe the logies were good. People mm. used to watch it because it was good. Then it was like, ah, uh, I watch it because it's bad. Like it's so mm. bad that it's good. And now it's just bad. it's bad. And I'm not going to waste my Sunday night. Also, it's long. Oh, my goodness. So long. And, and you like, know, you know they you... can cut through things. Because oh, then totally. they just like, here are all the things that didn't make the stage thing. And it's like, well, we'll do that for other things as well. Mm. Yeah. Oh. Ladies does not have big Not to energy. mention they keep inviting Bert Newton back. Oh, I think we need to learn. <laughs> <laughs> Another one that needs to learn. <laughs> maybe things that are appropriate to say. Like, Seriously, I don't know why the entertainment industry, there are people not sitting down to go, this is what is appropriate, this is yeah. what is not appropriate. But it's like the Australian in like Australian locals um industry, they haven't really had their me too moment. Mm. Because in, Yeah. Yeah. Is you know, you still hear so much hearsay of like, oh, that actor's still working despite yeah, all of this and you're like, who? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Look. It's not. It's, it's not a good time for the entertainment industry when it comes to the Me Too movement, and it's definitely not a good time mm. for the Australian <laughs> industry when it comes to the Logies. I feel like maybe it's time to pull the plug. I'm throwing it out there. Pull the plug. Start afresh with a yeah. new thing. That yeah. What would you call it? Your awards. The not Logies. <laughs> <laughs> the Nogies. The Nogies. Not the Logies. <laughs> I just think you should like stifle down, like decide what what actually awards you want to award on mm. merit, voted by people, peer reviewed, peer reviewed, yeah, who have actually seen. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Like TV Week. I'm sorry, take a step back. I know. No, no longer in sponsorship. All they yeah, because like come on, they yeah. mainly do 
some strange dramas that have pretty much all rather Aryan cast members. Yes. All the soaps. Yeah, exactly. And it's just like, mm-hmm. You need to diversify for many reasons. Deb Malman robbed yes. of a Logie. Oh, man. <laughs> maybe she was just like, maybe I don't want one. I'm still questioning her decision to be in that new Channel 9 drama, Bite Club, about the shark and the serial killer. <laughs> There are some times I feel that there are some actors who just never make bad choices. And then there are some some who like you think that and then they make a bad choice. And you're like, you have ruined that for me. At ruined. the same time, I'm like, did you just do this for kicks? Yeah. Because it had a shark in it. Did you not read it properly? Like maybe you missed the title and then he was just like, oh, ooh, now I've committed. I've signed a contract. It's too late. But she's fantastic and everything else. I'll love her forever and ever. Yeah. Oh, I do love her. Or maybe she's the, like, the thing that will like m- keep that show going. <laughs> Look, let's hope so. Mm. If anyone can do it, it will be her. <laughs> but every time someone says shark and like entertainment, I think Sharknado and then I think Tara Reid and then I just don't ever want to think Tara Reid when I think of Deborah Bailman. It's, yeah. Um, Never wanted to One of that. the actors, someone was like, why are you doing Sharknado 2 and 3? And he's like, mate, I gotta like feed my family. <laughs> and clearly you're still watching it, so hey, it worked. <laughs> See, they know they're bad. Oh yeah. Watch it. And they embrace the badness. They, like, I think last what was that I watched is it the Sharknado one where they have that huge big giant squid that pulls down the helicopter or is it the Ooh. octopus pulls down a helicopter <laughs> I'll take your word for it because it sounds sure, like it's up its alley I'm pretty sure it was Sharknado it was one of those animal thing versus another animal thing and yeah. it all just guys kind of goes crazy but it was so insane it was so like very rudimentary in every way like you're not supposed to believe it and the whole thing is they're not trying to be believable and that's what makes it so great because you're yeah. just like, that's so funny. You can even see the strings or you can see that. Or you and can they're see totally that. taking the piss with you. Exactly. You Like everyone is in on the joke. No one thinks that this is serious. <laughs> turns out, okay, turns out I like will defend Sharknado. I just learned that about <laughs> myself tonight. <laughs> Maybe Blake will call his kid a shark. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he'd do that. Blake, if you're listening. Blake, is your sh- is your child name Shark? I'm sure he'll reveal it to us next week. <laughs> it's fun to guess in the in, in the interim. I, was, I know. I was just looking around the studio to be like, maybe it's Fiddle. And I was like, no, it's not. <laughs> but if it is, you're welcome. You're welcome. Oh, we'll leave it on that note. Yeah, that high note. High note. Sharknado to the end. Woo! We have done it. You, you. Um, you can listen to um, this podcast and all good podcasting platforms because I'm assuming you're listening to it right now. Yeah. But um, if you want to listen to So Hot Right Now, it's on Saturdays on it to SER. You can also hear a shortened version of this segment there. Um, you can catch Tali. Where can we catch you on the Twitters? Um... Tali Oletea, which, yeah, good luck spelling that. <laughs> I'm pretty sure when it's all sent out, my handle will be there. You can follow me. You can see what I'm ranting or raving about. Rant and rave. Rant and rave. Oh, my rant God. We should rave. have, like, a rave section. Rant section. Rave section. Rave section. Rant, rant section. section. I think my rants this week have just been the dates that I've gone on in Sydney. So <laughs> you are welcome. <laughs> Until next time. Bye. Bye.